In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. The Catechism in the 79 Book of Common Prayer asks the question, what is the mission of the church? And it gives an answer that the goal of the church is to, quote, restore all people to unity with God and each other in Christ. Catechism continues by calling on all the ministers of the church, which includes its laity, to accomplish this goal through a life of prayer and worship proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ and in promoting love. Our passage from Romans today calls us to actions that give that love a very distinctive shape. As Robert Mounts wrote in one of the commentaries I looked at, an entire sermon could have been written from each of the commands that are given in this text. I don't have that much time and neither do you. This isn't easy, but I'll do what I can to expound on the passage as much as I can, at least a little. And Christ showed us that it's possible to live this life that Paul calls us to in this text. If we live according to these tenets, which we must try to do, we can direct all people to Jesus and towards unity with one another and especially within the church itself. The first line of our passage provides the theme and motif for everything that comes after. Let love be without dissimulation. That's an everyday vocab word for you, isn't it? Let's translate it more literally. Let love be without hypocrisy. Perhaps the most common complaint people have of the church and of Christians is our hypocrisy. You and I all know people who ascribe at least to the idea of loving God and of loving their neighbor as themselves, but tend to fall short and stop at just loving themselves. Oh, but let's be honest, you and I can be that way too, can't we? Serving ourselves, stopping short of caring really for others. And thus Paul starts this section with the basis for it all, that we must actually love one another. Genuinely, truly love, in action and in deed. Abhorring what is evil, clinging to what is good, caring for one another with brotherly love. The church is a family. We must love one another like family. You didn't get to choose your family of origin, you don't get to choose in your church family either. The church father origin says, if you think that because you're a brother or sister, is a sinner, and thus you don't have to love them, remember that Christ came to save sinners. We must love one another. We must love to the point of valuing and giving preference for one another, rather than preferring ourselves and our own preferences. Even if we stopped here, could you imagine the change reactions of those around you and those who see the church if they saw us caring for one another in just this way, actually being family. 
Paul continues, directing our attention at least for a moment to our unity with God, prompting and reminding us to be active, zealous, fervent in spirit, continuing in our service to God. Our worship and our prayer should fuel not only our love for God, but enable us and prompt us to love one another. It should always allow us to be able to rejoice in God's hopes and promises regardless of our circumstances. It should enable us to persevere and be patient in trial and in tribulation. And we do that primarily and get that strength through prayer. Christ is a wonderful model for us in this as well. Consider him in the Garden of Gethsemane, fervently praying, enduring tribulation, longing for another way, yet saying, God, your will be done, willing to suffer for us, faithfully, passionately serving his Father, loving us. We too must rely on God, ask for his spirit and his help to strengthen and enable us to live and to love well. Doing this, Paul continues. We then focus our attention back on those around us, helping to meet the needs of all those around us, especially in the church. Church Father Diodor says that the point here is that we should honor the saints and take care of their needs until they no longer have them. That's potentially extreme. <coughs> In the same spirit, we are to show hospitality, generously caring for guests or even strangers. Another church father suggests we go so far as to seek out and invite others in. A wonderful way of demonstrating God's love for the world. Dust and grass are my nemesis. Once again, we have Jesus as an example of this generous love. The feeding of the 5,000 comes to mind in his hospitality. Or consider how he allows Mary Magdalene, a sinful woman, to come to him in the home at dinner with the Pharisee to wash his feet with her tears. Or more broadly, his open invitation to all the world to receive God's love and the promise of new and unending life in him. We, too, should seek to share God's love and his grace and hospitality with those around us, especially those in need and especially to our brothers and sisters in the church. <coughs> what follows next are perhaps some easier tasks at least in sound, to rejoice with those who rejoice and to weep with those who weep, things that most of us rather naturally do. But what this implies is that we actually know each other well enough, that we have a close enough relationship to know whether I should be singing joyfully with you or weeping with you. <coughs> we must strive to leave our personal silos, the silo of our immediate family, to actually be in community with one another. Only through relationships can we achieve any of these examples of love. And as we actually live and love together, we can strive to be of one mind. 
Furthermore, <clears throat> Paul continues, we should not be proud or focus our attention on high-class things, rather being accommodating of all and accepting the lowly and the base among us. Consider Jesus himself saying that the person who would be great must be the servant of all. The same is true for our thoughts about how smart or wise we might think we are, once again preferring others to ourselves, being willing perhaps to sacrifice being correct for doing what is right and loving. Again, I wonder how different the world would think about Christians, about the church, if we were to love one another in these ways. If we actually took on the mantle of being kind, gentle, humble, gracious, and caring toward one another, specifically and especially within the church. As hard as all of this is, Paul then calls us to a type of love that is even harder. I briefly passed over the line about blessing those who persecute us, blessing them and not cursing them. And I include it here because the entire next section deals with not repaying evil for evil. Natural human reaction is for anger and revenge toward those who hurt us, insult us, or otherwise treat us poorly, or treat people that we know and love that way. We see this played out time again, every day. Just check your social media feed, or any news, local, national, international. Anger and revenge beget more anger and more revenge. It's the nature of evil to increase and grow by similar acts, rather like adding fire to fire, even the church fathers say. It's a vicious cycle that tears apart relationships, a cycle that has started countless wars. God, rather, calls us to be a people who strive to be peaceful with all men. Paul acknowledges, though, that not all people will allow this peace, but as much as was within us, we must do our part. Suffering, enduring wrong, perhaps, relenting from desiring to seek our own way and asking God to be the avenger, not avenging ourselves. Of course, God promised to be our avenger all the way back in the 32nd chapter of Deuteronomy, from which Paul quotes here. But then Paul quotes Proverbs 25, saying that we should give food to our enemies if they hunger, or give them water if they're thirsty, seeking the well-being of our enemy, an even harder task. Yet once again, we look to Jesus, and we hear him crying out, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. Pleading for the soldiers who are actively nailing him to the cross. <coughs> Overcome evil with good, with undeserved grace and mercy. <coughs> the Christian life is not for the faint of heart. Oh, but what joy. What peace, what love would flow into this needy, hungry, and thirsty world if we would allow this love that we see from God towards us to flow into us and through us to those around us. 
No longer will the church be seen as a group of hypocrites, but rather we could be seen as an actual sanctuary, a refuge for all the world to be able to enter in and experience God's love as we experience it with one another. If we direct our own loves and our own life to Christ, we can direct others to Christ. We would find ourselves in the midst of a direly needed revival, bringing reconciliation between people and their God and between each other. Let us pray. Holy Father, help us to know and feel your love that we would likewise love those around us. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.